What's going on, everybody? It's Kyle Bennett from Underground Sports Philadelphia. Outside the Box has become such a huge success, we're giving it its own podcast feed. You guys have come out in droves and made this thing such a huge project for us. It's unbelievable. So, Outside the Box is moving to its own individual podcast feed starting in October. So make sure you follow us on Twitter at OTBLaxPod to know when that pod feed goes live so you can subscribe there. You don't miss a single beat of what Herm and I are bringing. You don't miss any guests. And uh, you can always drop those five-star ratings and reviews to uh, pump the pod feed up and uh, make it an even bigger success as we head into year two of lacrosse coverage right here on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. So yes, the month of October, outside the box, its own podcast feed. Get hype. We'll see you guys soon. Let's get into the episode. Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. What's going on, everybody? We are live with Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 174. Crazy. Absolutely insane. Kyle Bennett, Matt Castorino, live from Underground Studios. As always, show brought to you by Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21, Wainwright Bernhardt Funeral Home, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated. Shout out to Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated. Just re-upped their sponsorship with the podcast. Uh, so they are back with us again. Uh, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti, CPA, LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Island. Just got my uh, teeth cleaned today. Got to go see Dr. Thomas to make sure that my teeth are looking good for every single podcast we do. Uh, lots to talk about tonight. What's going on, Matt? Living the dream, you know? It would be malpractice to not kick this thing off with Ben Simmons. I'm sorry, what happened? I didn't... Uh, if you missed it last night, see. Ben Simmons did the thing Jimmy Butler was asking him to do last season, and he shot the three. And that thing looked seamless. Listen, people people are saying to not overreact to this. Here's why you should overreact to this. <laughs> We've never seen Ben do this. Exactly. Ever. We've seen him attempt one three... And it was like a weird kind of like transition pull up against the Lakers last year. Mm-hmm. And we were all kind of waiting for like the next the next moment that we were going to get that again. We didn't. This is the first time that we've ever seen him just completely comfortable in possession, just pull up from three. I don't care that it's preseason, because guess what? Like I don't I don't give a crap about uh, workout videos because you put any literally any NBA player in an open mm-hmm. gym and they can nail shots from anywhere on the court. They're just that good. Like it's just you're you're being an idiot <laughs> if you if you think those translate to the game because they don't. But to see him in a game, it was preseason. It's against a Chinese team that's not very good, of course. Still professional basketball players. It's still it's still a game in which there's like actual defense being played. Actual fans in the seats. There's fans in the seats, and he pulls up. And it was a buzzer beater. 
And it, yeah, it was right before the half. Just absolutely. I mean, can't even call it Place a dagger. Went insane. Like it's, yeah, it's just nothing but net. Like, imagine getting that excited over a preseason game or a preseason moment. Like that's what it means. So. I don't know, you know, I'm still cautiously optimistic about his shooting this season. Mm-hmm. I, I think, I don't know, I think I think everyone's going to go a little crazy over this one and expect this, like, I would love it if he hit one against Boston. Don't get me Absolutely. wrong. Absolutely. I'm, I'm just saying, I, I don't know how often we're going to see this this year. So everybody can relax, but also get happy because this is, this is good. This is ultimately good. This is a huge step in the right direction for Ben Simmons, for this team's offense, and... You know, even say, you know, looking down the line, if Ben takes like three of those shots a game and even just one of them goes in, I'm okay with that. You're, you're right almost at league average at the point. I, I don't know if he'll ever take three a game. Um, like, even if he does start hitting them more regularly, I just, I don't know. That, like, I think I would like to see Ben attempt like. 43 total 43s total mm-hmm. this year before we start getting into like multiple a game I, I like i think as cool as last night's moment was as all excited as we were even like previously all summer we've kind of heard about his like his workout regime you know he, he skipped uh australia duty to to like work on his game more and like he gave that interview about how he fell back in love with basketball so we all like have this idea in our mind of like oh ben is gonna absolutely light it up and he certainly could Alternatively, this is a guy that has never taken more than like, I think in his entire career, like 40 shots outside of the paint. <laughs> it is not just going to happen overnight. It's going to be gradual, especially with like the way the team is set up now. It's very balanced. There's not going to be opportunities for him to just, you know, take over. But that also lends to having probably more opportunities for him to just have some space and to be able to just do some things and I'm sure there's going to be times where this team is leading heavy in games and he's going to be able to to kind of have carte blanche to do what he wants so yeah I'm optimistic but cautiously so because for sure right let's just relax <laughs> uh, but it's still awesome I like I, I don't want to downplay it either. Tobias Harris though dubbed him one of the greatest of all time he's never sure, missed not sure if you saw this uh from Kyle Newbeck he said uh quote from Tobias Harris today he's one of the best shooters in the history of basketball, 100% from three. So I don't want to hear nothing. That was after the game yesterday. Technically not true because he has uh, he does have three point attempts on his <laughs> on his career. But you know what? I'm not going to debate Tobias because I I love the sentiment. I love that the uh, the bench's reaction to it. It's fantastic. And yeah, I love that they all seemed pretty hyped. I love Ben's reaction. This is such a Ben Simmons reaction. Absolutely. Like, like, this dude has been getting hounded since he got into the NBA to shoot this shot. He, there was the, the clip of his interview, like, last week with, a, a, like, a local reporter asking about it, and he was like, all right. Like, he's I'm essentially, an all-star. Essentially telling the guy to, like, F off. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he hits this shot very casually. It was a fantastic shot. It was, like, Steph Curry-esque. Yes. And he just walks. He's just like, yeah. <laughs> okay. I could always do that. I just chose not to. <laughs> like, it's unbelievable. It's like when you have like a pet and like they like constantly like ask you to like bring them up on like your couch or your bed. If you're one of those people that let your pet in your bed, which if you don't, I don't really get that logic, but whatever. Different time. Then like one day they just hop up there and you're like, you could always do that. And they're just looking at you like, yeah, I always could, but it was nicer to have you help me. That's Ben exactly. Simmons with the three point shot is, um, he seemed very casual about it, which is not surprising because that's just the type of person he is. Fantastic stuff. And, I mean, like, like even if he can just somewhat incorporate 
some sort of respect from opposing teams, knowing the fact that, oh, Ben Simmons has, you know, the ability to shoot this, and we've got to respect him outside of, you know, the arc and outside of the, uh, you know, the three-point line and everything, changes the whole dynamic of this team. Absolutely. This is what we've been talking about for the last, like, year and a half, two years, is Ben's evolution of a shot and what that would or would not mean for the future of the Sixers and for his own future. You know, like, what what kind of ceiling that puts on the type of player that he can be. So, right. Yeah, I mean, if this is this becomes a more regular thing, if we see him throughout the season attempting shots like this, like, that's dangerous for everyone else in this league. Like, I, I can't stress enough, if he gets, if he's even shooting, you know, around 28 to 30%, which is significantly below league average, like, that's that's not very, uh, like, high-quality shots. That's, like, what Embiid shot last mm-hmm. year from three. But I mean, if you you see what Embiid start. you see what Embiid can get guys to bite with on his pump fakes consistently, and he even goes in post game like press conferences like, yeah, I don't know why people bite. I'm a terrible three point shooter, <laughs> and I don't shoot them, but exactly. people bite every time. And he he gets that little pump fake and he drives. Like, imagine Ben being able to do that with the with the mismatches that he's going to get this season. That's to me what's dangerous. If, if people can even respect the three, mm-hmm. that's a thing. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm all the way pumped. It's going to be interesting to see. There's some people that I know that have always said that uh, Ben, like people need to relax on the Ben three point thing because you know people don't give other players slack for their like glaring weaknesses and stuff. And that oh well, if he shoots, it's going to be like twenty percent, so it's not worth it. We'll see where this goes. Right. It's, it's going to be very interesting to see again how much he shoots, the efficiency of it. In what situations even? Is it going to be like last night? Like, that was as low pressure as you mm-hmm. get. It's a preseason game. You're up 50, and it's right before the half. So if you miss it, no one even cares. Like, who, you know, it would only get talked about because it's Ben and he shot at three. Right. So. Overall, though, I was impressed by some of these guys last night. Sure, it was a preseason game. Sure, it was against mm-hmm. a Chinese league team. Matisse Thibault is a player. Well, you can't talk bad about China. God, I don't know if you heard. <laughs> True. Might get, might get kicked out of, I don't know if you got kicked the out of the studio. Uh, we love the Chinese league. Very uh, high-quality stuff. Um, the best players go to China, I've heard. It's fact. And they enjoy Wikipedia. a lot of democratic freedoms when they get there, actually. It's on Wikipedia. Little, little it's, known it's fact. fact. Um, Matisse Thibault is a player. You yeah, were he's, right. He's pretty hot. <laughs> <laughs> you were right, man. You know, when we were doing our preseason or our pre-draft analysis and everything, you were pounding the table for Matisse. At first, we weren't happy because we had to, you know, make that trade with Still Boston again. Still not <laughs> wild about it, but Matisse looks like he's going to be a very important part of this team, and that's exciting because, you know, just the type of player he is, it's different from what we've drafted, I'd say, recently. And uh, he was impressive last night. Yeah, I mean, I... I am most excited. Like, outside of, like, the starting five, I think what I'm second most excited. I think everyone's excited for the starting five. So, like, that's what mm-hmm. I'm saying. Like, outside of the obvious, I am super, super excited to see Matisse and Zaire on the second unit. Like, that is what I'm actually... I think I'm actually looking forward to that most, more than the starting five, just because I feel like I can kind of envision what that's going to look like. And I can envision what Zaire and Matisse are going to do. Um, it's going to be very graphic to second units, what they're going to be doing to these guys. Um, I think it's going to upset a lot of people, and I think you're going to have to like shield some children's eyes because I think they're absolutely athletically gross. <laughs> and I think what they're going to be able to do, especially Zaire, like I'm most very very excited to see him 
Matisse, I think, is just going to be a solid player. I like. I think he had a good performance last night. Kind of expect that from like most college players right. who probably play pretty well against uh, the opposition yesterday. Um, yeah, I think Matisse is going to be a really solid player for us. And yeah, I, I think you know we even talked about too. Just his uh, his personality seems fantastic. Like seems like the absolute type of uh, like guy you want walking into your locker room. And I don't think we really have. I don't think we've had enough of the, those type of mm-hmm. characters in the past. Like, I don't know. He just seems very energetic. And yeah, defensively last night looked great. I think we're going to see a lot of those similar plays against even NBA teams with the steals and fast breaks. Um, yeah, that also like Mike Scott Donkey's like. I'm just very, very excited for just the brutality that those two, and really the whole team, but those two especially on second units are going to bring. Because teams, we talk all the time about the Sixers in the past having needed shooting on second units, which I still think is mm-hmm. going to be a concern. What we've also needed a lot was defense on yes. second units. And that this team, when Joel goes off the court, just drops a level. And even you know once if, if Ben's not on the court, or if he's not always super engaged in the regular season, Zaire and Matisse are going to be engaged all regularly. Like that's just going to mm-hmm. be that's going to be the meal ticket all year for them. It's just going to eat guys, and it's I like I cannot wait to watch it. It's going to be like that's going to be the best part of the season. I think is what is watching our second unit. Which who who thought? <laughs> yeah, like we finally have a bench. That's cool. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thank you, Elton. Yeah. Um, side note: Matisse Thybul is one hell of a photographer too. Yeah. Those I photos mean, he he you know did in that little sit down and then they they tweeted the digital forms of him out. One hell of a photo. He's got the eye. Um, and then you know Mike Scott with that dunk in front of the Mike Scott high that was there last night. Shout out to Uncle Zoe and <laughs> the rest of the crew that was out there, um, sitting courtside and getting tweets from the Sixers front office and everything. You love to see it. Um, but yeah, I mean, a couple more preseason games until this thing gets real, but. I from what I saw last night, it was like that spark, kind of like when you get that first. You know, it's not the same energy because at least they're playing uh, at full strength. But when that first Eagles preseason game hit, it was like, all right, football's back. Like I'm excited for this team. That first, you know, few. The only thing that was missing was Mark Zumoff. Yeah, really. Um, we are only uh, 15 days away, so just just almost two weeks to uh incredible to full season tip off yeah i mean it was it was really nice to have the sixers back as well um i didn't watch the full game i called like bits and pieces mm-hmm. and then watched highlights just because you know like i'm just gonna be honest i love the sixers well, wasn't really about to like derail my whole night to watch them beat up on like the chinese league team <laughs> you know right. uh the long lions <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah you know it's uh it felt good just to kind of like have have them back on, and again, even though you expected just total brutality, it was um, still entertaining. And yeah, it gave us already one of the best moments of the season. I think <laughs> Ben Simmons hitting a three. Ben Simmons and Boban hit threes in the same yeah. night. Yeah, and uh, Andre Drummond choked. Yes, on. good for him. You love to see it. Yeah, no one talks about Andre Drummond. His lack of range, weird, strange, weird. Um, next preseason game at home is next Tuesday, the 15th, against Andre Drummond and the Pistons. Um, If we can get our Apple Podcast reviews up to 300 overall, we're currently at 223. Oh, boy. We're giving away two tickets. I hear an incentive coming. Two tickets to the preseason game. Mm. I did not mean for that. That was my straw. (laughs) We are. That wasn't me squealing over the details. (laughs) That was just... It's excitement. It's pure joy. 
My water bottle was very excited. Not and even my water bottle. As a podcast, we will sell our souls to liquid death. <laughs> it's out there. And we'll do another giveaway with our friends at Design Tree, which we're doing tonight with our gritty shirt for Wednesday Night Hockey. Flyers home opener. Yeah, feel it. It's felt like forever since I know. we had the it's Flyers It's been, back. you know, 3,000 years yeah. since the Flyers have played a game. I mean, they deserve it. A long flight, long yes. trip. For the um, best. We'll get into them in just a minute. Your brother is there. Sent me Snapchat videos already down near the ice. And, uh, you know, it's going to be exciting. So we'll see what the Flyers do. We'll get into them in a little bit. But Eagles did the thing, Matt. They they covered like we said they would. Zach I did not Ertz, say that. I said you, I wasn't sure. Very I, true. I got to be honest. Gotta be uh, honest. They did cover, and Zach Ertz did score his first touchdown of the season. Yeah, I would just like to uh, derail this with some fantasy talk really quick. So I had the Eagles defense, which I pointed out. Fantastic. Got me 35 points, which was great. Beautiful. Uh, so the team I was playing against just happened to have Aaron Jones and Deshaun Watson. Oh, my God. So the score going into Sunday Night Football was one. I had 140.02, and they had 140.80. I had Sammy Watkins as my last player oh, to play. Oh, man. I'm just thinking, cool. I literally, like, Sammy Watkins has been, as of course, super disappointing. I was like, I just need him one catch, and I think he's good for that. One catch, that's it. No, Don't fumble, nothing. Just one catch, and we're oh, good. And I got this goodness. in the bag. Good week. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Who did I piss off? <laughs> I hate Sammy Watkins. <laughs> hey, you could have that. Or, here, here is my fantasy bench, and I talked about this on the, uh, the Goal Line Fantasy Football Podcast that went up today. My bench... Of five players outscored my entire lineup. Tough scene. My dude. bench: Calvin Ridley, Mohamed Sanu, Michael Gallup, Tevin Coleman. Coleman, that here's, day, yeah. here's here's the the grand finale. Will Fuller. Yeah, well, no one saw that coming, dude. <laughs> Jesus, the Texans score like thirteen points a game and then just unload. Absurd. Stupid. Absolutely. Like Mike Evans. I. Come on, buddy. I literally Googled, is Mike Evans playing today? Because I checked in the third quarter. Me and, me and Sarah were, like, out. We did a uh, – we did, like, something fall. I We went to, like, a art festival or something. I don't know. It was fun. It was fun. I don't want to poo-poo it. But um, so I wasn't, like – actually. normally I'd be watching Red Zone. I was just I just checked my app and saw Mike Evans, 0.00. I was like, oh, one of these, huh? Okay, cool. <laughs> And he had this last week, too, but he yeah. caught a late TD to save it. He save had, like, it. three points. What the hell? Him, <laughs> like, DeAndre listen, Hopkins. Chris Godwin is good. But, like, you tell me, you tell me Mike Evans can't get a single target? I, what is happening? I, le- I legitimately did not even think he was playing. That's absurd. I mean, just what the hell is going on? Hey, at least O.J. Howard finally caught something. Yeah. yeah at a baseball for, game. Good for him, but... Yeah, shout out the Eagles, man. What Eagles, a win. It was the win that we said they needed. You know, they yeah. hadn't had a dominant win like that since last year against the Giants on Thursday Night Football. You got to pull Carson Wentz with like six minutes left in the game and put in, you know, 40-year-old Drago, Josh McCown. And, you know, overall, they look good. They did what they had to do. Sure, there was, you know, probably some plays left out on the field that they could have had to score more points. But the defense looked absolutely absurd. Ten sacks. Orlando Scandrick coming off the street. Scores a touchdown, has two interceptions, a bunch of sacks. You know, he just came out, balled out. Shout out to Deshaun Jackson for convincing Howie Roseman to bring him back, according to Orlando himself. But, I mean, that's the type of performance you wanted to see against, you know, a, a JV team that the Jets were throwing out there. 
Yeah, I think what was interesting too is um, Sam Darnold was practicing all, all week. week. And I, I think that really threw them off. You know, like it's one thing. I think we talked about this with like Jacoby Brissett, right? Where yeah. it's like, you know, if you have like a month or even like a week of planning. It's much easier, obviously, right? Like, this seems, like, st- stupid. But, you know, it's, it's much easier when you're planning to play with a certain player and then, you know, or if you mm-hmm. lose them mid-game and you have to readjust kind of on the fly. Um, and this was kind of that type of situation where all week you're planning for Darnold and then he's he's not good to go. So. The worst part was the Jets had a bye week. Yeah. And then, on top of this, practice Darnold all week, not knowing if he was going to get medically cleared. And then they come to find out Thursday he's not good to go, and then Luke Falk is stuck in this situation where, one, he's not that good of a quarterback. Two, he gets a, a, a walkthrough day with the starting offense going into a game against the Eagles where, one, they don't have passing options on the Jets, yeah, and the Eagles are the number one run-stopping defense in the NFL, and they shut down Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, he's uh, – like, I don't get Le'Veon Bell's uh... – logic <laughs> like, um especially since, money talks yeah i guess i mean good for him i absolutely paid, even though i think ultimately he lost money off of he last lost year overall money but he got the guaranteed yeah money which he i wanted. mean is like cool but you know you're playing for the jets now so like <laughs> is that cool <laughs> i don't know uh whatever you want to do with his life i like yeah you're right in saying this is the exact win that we we wanted like cruise control kind of thing, mm-hmm. just beat up on them. You let the defense do a lot of the work, you know, and you just hope now everyone everyone takes a nice breather, because um, we got we got tough roads up ahead. This literally. is the biggest test coming up, I think, overall for the defense because we know Kirk Cousins can't pass the ball, yeah, but Dalvin Cook can run the ball, mm-hmm. and I think overall right now Dalvin Cook is a better running back than Le'Veon Bell is in terms of you know Dalvin just Cook's what he's doing. Probably the best running back in the league right now, you'd have to say behind Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, yeah well, <laughs> to me he's like ascended beyond. Did you see that stat about your Dolphins and Christian McCaffrey? I'm I'm sure it's an absolute bloodbath. Sure, the Dolphins had their bye week and everything, but the Dolphins this season have 900 yards of offense. <laughs> Christian McCaffrey has 866. On his own, can you leave the guys alone? Come on, they didn't do anything. They didn't do anything wrong. Hey, I mean they're poised to be in the uh, potential worst game in NFL history this week. Yeah, the Redskins, Dolphins. Jesus, who asked for that? Shout out to Jay Gruden. Yeah, forcing his way out of Washington, getting fired 5 a.m. That's rough. That's brutal. That is rough. Wake um, up that early before sunrise. The sun, the sun's not up to like 6:30 now. Seven o'clock. <laughs> Way before sunrise. See, I don't even. I don't even put that on Jay Gruden. I put that on. You know, what kind of crazy pills is Daniel Snyder truly on? I mean, waking Jay Gruden up at five a.m. to fire him. I mean, we we know the we answer. know the crazy pills. <laughs> we we I think the, he might have added a few to the arsenal. We know the answer. It's because he sucks. <laughs> um, it's because he's a, a garbage person. That's, he is. Terrible. There's your answer. But uh, Jay Gruden fired. So I mean, that kind of hurts the Eagles a little bit because now the Redskins are on the road to potentially finding a competent head coach. I don't even think a competent head tweet coach of the week. that team, though. Tweet of the week that I saw. Because uh, apparently everybody's like, oh, Mike, they're going to try to get Mike Tomlin to, to Washington. <laughs> Somebody, t- I think it was Mike Freeman tweeted, the only way Mike Tomlin is going to Washington is if he wins the Senate. <laughs> hey, Steelers don't really fire head coaches. 
It's yeah. Not, like they've only had like six in their entire history, they've right? Like, like something three really, in our lifetime. It's like something really crazy like that. Um, yeah, like they don't really fire their head coaches, like, and I don't know that they'll fire him this year. Yeah. Like, it's not that you couldn't say that he doesn't necessarily deserve it, right? Like, it, it'd been pretty injuries. bad. Yeah, injuries is of course. What they'll kind of layer. That's what I'm saying. They'll they'll find an excuse for him, and I don't know. Yeah, I don't. It's I don't really see weird. That. I don't. I think Mike Tomlin is good, but he's also not. Is that, yeah. Does that make any sense? Like, it I does. think he is a good head coach, but I'm also like pretty sure he's not. Yeah. <laughs> like, <I don't, laughs> he's he's kind of across the board for me. I don't know. He checks a lot of boxes, and then a, at most times he makes you scratch your head. Like, he's, what the hell? He's like a. He's actually to me similar a little bit to Andy Reid. Andy Reid is a little more uh, like innovative than I think Mike Tomlin has been in, in his career. Yeah. But he's always like Mike Tomlin's like perennial not not this year of course but you know like good regular season can't get over the hump in like he hasn't been able to really beat the Patriots at all and that I mean that's difficult right like if you have to if the road has to go through New England most re- years most teams aren't winning that but that's kind of been his big like smudge I guess on his career so far as like a head coach mm-hmm. is just never really being able to get consistent like postseason success. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that – I don't see Mike Tomlin in Washington. But. Yeah. But the Eagles did get that win. Yes. Also, shout-out to our little buddy Giovanni, his birthday yesterday, his 12th birthday. One of the biggest Eagles super fans out there. Uh, we're working on getting him a nice little care package, birthday gift from Underground Sports Philadelphia. But shout-out to one of the best Eagles uh, super fans out there celebrating his 12th birthday yesterday. It was good to be 12, bro. I wish I could be 12 again. Yeah, that'd be nice. Um. But like we said, Eagles get that much-needed win, and now they get ready for this three-game gauntlet on the road against the Vikings, Cowboys, and and the Buffalo Bills, who are surprisingly good. And this is gonna like battle test them. I think this is where at the end of October, we think, you know, you get rid of the whole preseason excuse and all that. Now, you, you hit the road. Now, you kind of figure out what this team needs to do in order to succeed especially with some of the injuries that are still occurring like Deshaun Jackson who we don't know when he's going to be back the abdomen stuff is weird man. Adam Schefter said he thinks it was a sports hernia Mm, that's not great and he opted to not get surgery but he thinks he's going to be back soon so take that for what it's worth dude hernia is scary too man. yes your intestines pushing into your your stomach and abdomen Terrifying. That's brutal. So, really quick tangent as well. I used to watch. This. I still watch it occasionally now, just not as much. And MTV used to have a show, uh, Real World, which I think everyone's familiar mm-hmm. with. They also had a show called Road Rules, which yes. they were in an RV and they would travel the country and they'd have to do like challenges along the way and stuff. Well, they ended up making another show that's very similar to Survivor, um, called The Challenge. And I remember there was a guy named Evan on there who had a hernia and, like, was still competing every week. And he would, like, lift up his shirt, and you could literally see, like, the lump in his, like, it was, like, his lower abdomen. And um, they were, they're, like, physical challenge because it's a lot of, like, young, like, dudes and, like, young girls. Like, so they're all, like, supposed to be, like, relatively fit, you know, so they make them, like, hit each other and stuff. It's not like Survivor where it's like, oh, do a puzzle. It's like, (laughs) no, uh, you're putting a helmet on and you're running at each other and whoever drops the ball loses. Like, that kind of thing. And uh, they made him quit because they were, like, uh, he he made, and he was winning challenges with a hernia. 
And they were like, yeah, bro, you got to, like, stop because you're going to die. So you got to, like, you're done this season. He's Sam Darnold. But that's, like, yeah, honestly, that's how, what I'll always remember her. And shout out to anyone who followed that reference. <laughs> uh, my dad checks in in the Facebook chat. And if you are in the Facebook chat, shout out to you. Um, my dad did diagnose, for what it's worth, the Devontae Adams turf toe before anybody else. So clutch. We have inside the, medical uh, sources. Who was it that the, the wrist injury to in the preseason? Yeah, uh, Sudfeld. Yeah. Called that, too. Two for two. And uh, my dad checks in and says, Deshaun's going to need surgery eventually. I was going to say, a hernia doesn't seem like something you can kind of just, like, ah, it'll blow over. Right. <laughs> so we'll see what happens with Deshaun. He's definitely probably, like, not going to be in the lineup this week for the Eagles against the Vikings, which is a blow because we've kind of seen the offense take a step back a little bit in terms of just overall production with Deshaun out of the lineup. You saw against Washington week one, you know, in that second half, once Deshaun started getting the ball, it opened a ton of things up. You saw guys get more involved. Now it's like Carson's kind of just comfortable only throwing it to Zach Ertz and Alshon Jeffrey, and if it gets there, it gets there. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Usual suspects. And, you know, it, it limits what they're being able to do on offense in terms of spreading the ball around to guys, you know, when he can track a ball, Nelson Aguilar, uh, Mac Hollins even, who has looked good at, in spurts this season, Dallas Goddard when he's on the field throwing it to Miles Sanders. Deshaun is a huge part of this offense, and this is three straight years now that the Eagles' deep threat has gotten hurt or missed time because of injury. You know, we had Mike Wallace, Torrey Smith, I believe missed a game or two in 2017. I could be wrong. Um, Correct me if I am wrong. And now Deshaun has been out since week one. Because he didn't, he didn't even get on the field in week two. It was one of those. It was one of the phantom death injuries for that Falcons game, and he's he's being severely missed right now in this offense. I'd say. Yeah, I mean, this is. I think we'll know at the end of October just kind of what uh what season we'll be having because, I mean, you don't want to think this way, but we could go one and two on this road trip, mm-hmm. and that puts you in a pretty, pretty difficult spot. You know, going into the rest of your season. You know, one, you know, especially if you do drop a game against Dallas, that makes the division more difficult, of course. Um, so, yeah, I think we'll know, like, kind of going into November, what kind of contending team do we have? Do we have an actual Super Bowl contending team? Are we a Super Bowl hopeful team? Are we, like, a playoff team at that point? You know, just get in the playoffs, the wild card, see what happens kind of thing. Um, it's going to be... It's brutal. I'm not even going to lie. Like, this is as brutal of a three-game stretch, especially since they're on the road. And these are all like teams, especially like Minnesota, not a not an environment not you really want to go into. Uh, great defense, Dallas. But, we don't really play well against Dallas in uh, Dallas. In Dallas, and then Buffalo, who has been one of the stingiest defenses of the year. And you know, again, they, they hit the Buffalo and Minnesota are very similar to me in that. And I think we talked about this last time a little bit that if you get ten zero up on a team like that, you probably win the game mm-hmm. just because they don't have they, they like. The quarterback's not there. Josh Allen is is a good quarterback, but they don't like tell me like John Brown's gonna burn you. Right. I, like, Cole Beasley. Come on, like we can we can stop that. Yeah, like I I, I believe in that. Minnesota, like Kirk Cousins is not he's not burning you yeah. if he's down. He's and just, everybody's he just saying isn't. Kirk Cousins is bad. They played the Giants last week, and that Giants Everyone defense is, is the Giants. has more holes than Swiss cheese. Like anybody can torch the Giants defense yeah. like that, and anybody can put up points against the Giants and have them play from behind when Saquon Barkley's not on the field. 
So I'm not even worried. I'm taking that game as an outlier to what this Vikings team has shown us all season long. Because, sure, they beat the Falcons, and the Falcons look like a terrible team right now. But in that game, Kirk Cousins only threw the ball 12 times. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I think they are uh, the, the biggest danger, though, is Dalvin Cook. And, yeah. you know, I, I think even, too, defensively, they're a great team. And mm-hmm. especially passing, which has just been our, our weakness this year, has been no real uh, – it's been like a, a high floor, low ceiling so far this mm-hmm. season, where we haven't we haven't really seen the doors getting blown off outside of like the Washington game, and part of that has been Deshaun. But I don't know what it is. I like there's just been that little element of just like magic that hasn't quite been yes. there so far this season. And I mean, if there's a time for us to regain that, I Minnesota, baby, because you know we and we got. We get some good looks over the weekend with results not including us. You know, mm-hmm. like Cowboys lose, division's right there for us. Giants, Giant, like everybody lost this yeah. week except for us too, which was great. You know, the Giants lost, the Cowboys lost to the Packers. Who loses the Packers? By the way, yeah, we we talked about that. What um, you know, what the narrative was going to be because you know they get to play the Packers right after the Eagles did. You know, I'm sure no one will be comparing I'm the still, two results. Still looking for Cowboys fans because yeah. I haven't seen them anywhere all week. That's rough. And then you know, Washington was playing the Patriots kind of tough, and then the second half happened, and New England was like, "All right, screw this, we're winning this game." And yeah, they went into full. They overdrive. woke up. They're like, "Oh yeah, right, we're, we're, we're playing, playing a game." Jeez, um, <laughs> but that was that was a nice bonus. Was the Eagles took care of business, and then everybody else lost. They're in first place in the division now. Um, heading into this this gauntlet stretch and now is you know put up or shut up time uh you get three on the road then you get the bears at home and then you go into the bye week yeah so this is going bears to be, will still be playing chase daniel by then might be it's interesting former eagles preseason yeah. great chase daniel um so i mean the window of opportunity is definitely there and if you can even go three and one in this stretch preferably four and oh obviously but three and one i think would be very solid for this stretch going into the bye I mean, week, three and one. You're talking about you're you're going into the bye week talking about Super Bowl, like yeah. just, you know that's that or at be, least you know discussing a one or a two seed in the playoffs for sure. Yeah, but no, but I mean if you're a one or a two seed, I think I think if if Eagles go in, especially with like a first week bye in the playoffs, people talk about the Super Bowl. Oh yeah, you know that that's just going to be that's. If you look be the at the landscape of the NFC right now, through you know was it five weeks. It's open. You know, the Seahawks yeah. look like a very good team. The Saints. 49ers, even, by the way, baby. 49ers are legit. They'll get a big test this week against the Rams. Although the Rams don't look that great, but, you know, it's a high-octane offense. The Rams going to lose three straight games? I Maybe. don't know. I don't know. Sean McVay, baby. Uh, you know, the Saints, even without Drew Brees, Look good. Teddy Bridgewater put on a show this week. And again, week. The, the Breeze is going to be back. It's yep. not a Roethlisberger that's, injury. Like, that's he'll the be, scary part. He'll be back, you know, midseason still. Like, I like That's I, the scary thing, too. And I was listening to, um, I forget what podcast I was listening to, but somebody said, you know, Drew Breeze last year, we saw his arm kind of, you know, slow up a little bit in terms of just, you know, getting tired. Now he's got six weeks of rest. Yeah. And he's going to come back and have was, six weeks that he hasn't thrown a ball. It was his throwing arm, though, right? Yeah. So that that's the, the injury was too. Yeah. So that's wanna, that's the only worry with like that kind of injury too is you can't can't really throw the ball. That would be like my only concern is you know you you sit out that long. Now of course he has like world class like trainers and healthcare right. that's going to 
identify this and uh you know they're going to be able to work through it but yeah that would be my one concern is is what kind of limited practices he's going to have in the meantime but yeah i mean again people were kind of treating that injury like he was gone for the year and it's like nah i mean he'll be back you know week 10 week 11 like that's (laughs) plenty of time (laughs) i don't know that's still six seven games left he can he can make it work so yeah i'm uh you know you're just looking at at the nfc right now you know you got uh outside of our division you got the mm-hmm. packers four and one um, which you have the tiebreaker over them which is great Fantastic. that whole division is kind of weird because you got the lions at two one and one the bears at three and two and the vikings at three and two mm-hmm. so like just and even the, pack the pack. packers and lions play each other this week on yeah. monday night football so that's got some big implications too you got like, the saints at four and one i don't trust the panthers or the buccaneers no. i'm kind of the falcons out Absolutely, like they're like, dead in the water. Like, uh, and then you got to really—it's tough here in the NFC West. You got the 49ers at four and zero, Seahawks at four and one, and the Rams at three and two. Like wide open, wide open. And then you know, Eagles, Cowboys. Yeah, Eagles, Cowboys, Giants are gonna pretend like they can sneak right. in here, but we all we all know where that team is going. They're um, gonna get mollywopped on Thursday night football yeah. this week. They have no weapons on the like, field. As it stands right now, there are one, two, three, four, five, uh, six, three and two teams in yeah. the NFC. It's like <laughs> Eagles want to make the playoffs right now. It's like the NL wild card. Yeah, no, just mashed up. Um, but yeah, like the Eagles are leading their division right now, and they'd be in the playoffs, which is always a positive. So, you know, the way things are looking, they just got to be able to take care of business on the road before they come home for three straight. And the the kind of sucky thing is those three straight home games are against tough opponents. It's you know the, you're playing the Patriots, you're playing the Seahawks, like really tough defenses, and obviously the Bears too have a a very good defense. Although the Raiders put on a show against them. Um, but, I mean, you know, this is that stretch run where the Eagles are going to kind of determine things. And, you know, say you drop a game here and there in this stretch, at least you finish the season. Like, your last five games should be wins because you're playing the Dolphins and then all divisional opponents the rest yeah. of the way. And your Redskins and Giants will be uh, dead in the water at that point. Giants twice, Cowboys once, Washington once, like – you should be able yeah, to win four right or five of those games. So, I mean, realistically, you look at it, we get three wins going into those, you know? Like, worst-case scenario, and you could still end up somewhere around... Ten and six. Yeah, like, that That probably gets you in the playoffs, though. Yeah. So, that's that's the good part, is I, I do think the back end of the schedule is a little favorable, although divisional games always worry me, just because I think they, it can get a little unpredictable. Yes. But... Yeah, I think, like I said, I think we'll know at the end of October where this team is at. And I feel good about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think in any loss that comes, you know, we have to understand just the context of it. If it's a, uh, you know, a Titans loss like last year, we're going to be pretty pissed off. Yeah. But, you know, like, you're going to get beat. Yeah, like, we're losing a game. I don't know how to yeah. say this. Like, we're not, we're not going undefeated. We're not going undefeated the, the rest of the way. But, um, you know, it's going to depend a lot on what that game looks like and who who's back healthy for and for when. You know, that's that's another big question mark. Because even outside of Deshaun, you've got lots of other injuries um, to work back from. And guys exactly. that I think are playing banged up as well. So this is a tough stretch for us. And it was really, I think, confidence-wise as well, good to get a big win against the Jets and just kind mm-hmm. of roll through this week, um, especially when you consider it's a long road trip against t- difficult teams. Just knowing that, like, everyone's about, probably as morale as high as you could mm-hmm. get. 
except maybe after week one. Um, yeah, like I, I think that's that's a good situation to find yourselves in. Now, before we uh, get into the pull your hair out topic, I'm wearing my, my underground sports hoodie right now, guys, if you're watching on Facebook. And uh, we have hoodies on our Design Tree storefront now. Our underground sports logo, our uh, on the road to victory Eagles design, and our gritty design right now. The rest of the stuff is on its way, but those three on our Design Tree storefront are available as hoodies now. So if you go to designtree.com, that's dsgntree.com, search Underground Sports Philadelphia, you can get any of those hoodies there. And you can use the promo code, even if you're not buying a hoodie, hoodie season, that's H-O-O-D-I-E-S-Z-N, for $15 off your order of $50 or more. What a deal. That's a bargain. I listen. I think I think you always need hoodies for every occasion, right? You need you need casual ones. You need your sporty ones. You need ones you can throw under a flannel, something like that. Like you need them this time of year. It's, it was cold today. It was, Very like, it was cold. like fifty Weather's degrees. Changing. Yeah, the hoodies are here. It's hoodie season, and uh, no better place to go. Whatever happened to Hoodie Allen? Still alive? He was on sure tour so. a couple years ago. I want to say Hoodie Allen was like the guy. He was, when I was in high school. He like, put out some bangers. Yeah, he did. No interruption? He he was great. Shout out Hoodie Allen. Um, but like I said, DSG Entry. You can follow them on Twitter right there. And then it's DSGentry.com. Search Underground Sports Philadelphia. And then you can get those three designs right now as hoodies. The rest of the stuff is in the works. Uh, and you can, you know, different sizes, different colors, all that good stuff. $25 t-shirt. And then the hoodies are here, and they look fantastic from everything I've been able to see. Uh, just absolutely, you know, perfect for this type of weather. Perfect for the fall coming up. Perfect for winter. You know, you got the the heather gray. You got layer up Kelly green for the Eagles. It's going to be a cold, cold winter. You get royal blue for the Sixers season to, coming. To attend a parade in February too, so get ready for that. It's it's here, so. Yeah. Hoodie season is your promo code, H-O-O-D-I-E-S-Z-N, for $15 off your order of $50 or more. It's a t-shirt and a hoodie right there for dirt cheap. It's great. You can't beat it. Can't can't say more than that. It's great. Shout out to our friends at Design Tree. But Matt, the the Phillies continue to uh, make us pull our hair out. Well, hold on. Can we just talk really quick about, if we're talking baseball... Braves still getting mollywop. We we got to talk about the oh current boy. score of the Braves game, game. five, thirteen to one going oh, in the man. bottom of the seven. Oh, oh man, that's rough. It was you ten, hate to see it. Ten nothing in the first inning. You hate Cardinals. to see these gentrified losers getting absolutely smashed. Oh. oh my god, what a great year they had, right? Cheers, yeah, dude. Cheers to the Cardinals, man. Cheers to the Nationals tonight as well. Going to a game 5-2. How about five. it? How about it? In L.A. Make it two for two, baby. I would love it. I would love it. I would have loved it more if they had both got swept. Like that oh, would have for been sure. The, the better time. Or if they just if we made the playoffs. Yeah, you know. Cool, too. Um, but it does feel kind of good. No, it doesn't. It feels great. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Especially if the Nats lose, which I hope. I think Go Dodgers, baby. Yeah, I've always been a uh, big that's I can't even bring myself to say it. I, I honestly I've been a, I've been a big Dodger guy once Chase Utley went there because I was rooting for Chase. I actually kind of was a little pissed off at Chase when I was, he went to LA. I was, I was pissed, a little tight. 
but I also knew I couldn't help it because yeah. the Phillies made it happen. Um, yeah, but I was like you, deep inside. I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? The Phillies aren't making other teams. A lot of other teams you could have chose. Chase. Phillies have yet to make a decision on the manager. Uh, according to Jim Salisbury, it's going to happen either Thursday or Friday That's for great. the next round of the playoffs start. Um, but it has been confirmed that uh, <laughs> Andy McPhail and Matt Klintak are staying per Jim Salisbury. Are we surprised? Gross like, incompetence. Are, are we surprised? No. No, I'm just disappointed because that's the root of the problem. Yeah. Well, you know, what What did, in, in all honesty, you know, we, we're beating a dead horse at this point, but what did Gabe do this season to make this team underperform the way they did as a whole? Like, how much of it, of the blame is should we're, be we're talking percentage points. Yeah, let's, let's I would, do percentage. I points. would give I I would give Gabe twenty percent of the blame. That's fair. And you know, not not quite a not quite a like a whole big fraction here, and not, not talking like a quarter or something. And what would we like put? A fifth. What, I think he deserves what about we a put fifth. on Clintech and Andy McPhail? I would give them because I think they're uh, they're kind of a tandem. So combined, yeah, I'd probably give them like sixty-five. Easy. Yeah, it's maybe seventy. I think the players deserve some blame too, if I'm being mm-hmm. honest. Injuries get thrown yeah. in there. Yeah, injuries you can't you can't really count. The root of this problem is Matt Clentak and Andy McPhail. If we don't, we don't should have been the end of Andy McPhail right there. Yeah. Well, but here we are as the Phillies. Why, so why is John Middleton uh like the worst decision maker ever? <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> like, why is he really why is how can he be a billionaire but also terrible at making personnel decisions? He's I don't get flying that. around the country asking players their opinion on Gabe Kapler. You know, and I don't get it. Why would you not do that during he could exit interviews? He could come talk to me. I'll talk. I'll talk to John Milton. John Milton, you, you want to come on the podcast? There's an airport not that far from here. I I'll think come they pick do, you up. I think they do private airplanes. We can have a chat. I'll there's come a, pick you up right a now. Craft brewery right around the corner from there. We can hang out, have some beers. I can tell you all about what the Phillies should do. <laughs> Um, they've still haven't made this decision. John Middleton's still flying around on his private jet asking players, you know, their opinion on Gabe Kapler. And in the last couple days, we've now had three references of if the Phillies move on from Gabe Kapler, the front runner is going to be Buck Showalter. Now, Matt, what did I say a couple weeks ago about the Phillies and their hiring schemes? I said, uh, if they're going to fire Gabe... It's going to be someone from the Athletics or the Orioles. You need to bring somebody from the Athletics, the Rays, and that was for the scouting department, the GM position, obviously, but you're not bringing anybody that has ever been linked with the Baltimore Orioles to this not, organization. Kyle? They're great. What have the Orioles done to win anything since Cal Ripken retired? Uh, they, they won uh, one playoff run 2014, right? They had a good- I tweeted... What did, what did Buck Showalter win with the Orioles during his stretch there? And uh good friend of the show, Bill Yoder, from a youth youth program Sarah and I are involved in. Big Orioles guy. Tweeted they won on the water bottle. Right there. Tweeted that they uh they won an ALDS and they won an American League East title. Yeah. A couple times. That's cool. That doesn't do it for That's me. Cool. That does not move the needle one bit. I do not want Buck Walter here. 
I Dre, don't want him and her. I can't believe I'm even asking this question. Oh God! <laughs> you already know who I'm gonna ask. Him or Ruben Amaro Jr. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly Buck Showalter. I'd rather have that IBW guy that tried getting Manny Machado to to play here. <laughs> I'd rather have that union electrician just just double whatever he makes, which is probably pretty good money. Um, just double whatever he makes and have him as the next Phillies manager. He could, I think I trust him. I trust electricians. I got yeah, that's a hard job. Just you got to be pretty smart to be an electrician. I love how everybody's putting out there, you know, Buck Showalter is a, a great bullpen manager, too. Do we not remember the downfall and demise of Buck Showalter in the playoffs? Refused to bring Zach Britton into a game. Yeah, you know what we need more is another uh, another manager with their biggest weakness being bullpen managers. Like, he's, oh, what's this? Tweeting. Half of our... our our pitching roster has depression because this year is so hard on them mentally. Everyone, everyone putting out, oh, Buck Showalter in long stretch is great with bullpen management. Yeah, well, when it mattered most, he didn't put Zach Britton, who at that time was one of the best closers in baseball, into a, a an elimination game, and they lost. They went home. Bring the receipts. Did nothing. Man. And then Buck Showalter was gone. You know, it was a lot of fun. You know, May was great. You know, all of, like, March and April when, you know, we thought we were going to be really great. And win the World Series. That was a lot of fun. Rumors now that everybody I wants will to never... trade Gene Segura and bring in Didi Gregorius. Ouch. After one year? Ouch. I love Didi. Yeah, like, I like Didi too. But you invested really... in Gene Segura yeah, for the long haul. Trade, trade quite a bit for Gene Segura. You know, so. a little bit. It's... Got rid of Carlos Santana for Gene Segura. J.B. Crawford, so <laughs> maybe we should hang on him. <laughs> I don't know. Listen. Ugh. We're we're at this point where it's like, all right, just uh, text me if something cool happens. Make the decision already. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. make a decision for yourself. Don't look at Twitter polls. Don't listen to sports radio. If you want to listen to this podcast, sure, because we'll give you the information you need. Hire me. Hire me. Hire manager. us. I'll tell you we'll, what. To we'll do. easily help you. That's a lie. I actually would not be very helpful. <laughs> but quit going to outside sources. Make a decision for yourself. You want to assert your dominance as the the face of this management and ownership group. Make a decision. It should not be this hard. But I must say, as the days go by, the more and more I think Gabe Kapler's staying. Which I know makes you mad. I want someone gone. But I think Gabe is staying. <laughs> I'm thirsty for blood. <laughs> they, they did get rid of somebody so, else. Scott Sheridan is gone. The Phillies uh, like, lead trainer. That's what's, See, this is like such a bad season, like off season though, is like, okay, well, like this year didn't work. So we're going to run it back. We're going to fire like our defensive coordinator. And that's what's going to get us to the next level. That was like when Andy save Reed... this Save this for October 8th next year when we lose in a wild card game. And we're talking about this exact same conversation because we didn't get rid of Gabe Kapler <laughs> and we kept Matt Glenthak. I just, I don't know. I Listen, I, I, all I can say is that I have a lot of friends who are Yankees fans. And it makes me sick to my stomach to see them so happy to see videos of Aaron Judge handing over championship belts and spraying champagne in the air. It just makes me yearn for the days where I got to put on a nice nice hoodie, stay up late, late and watch some postseason baseball and enjoy it because it was my team. Sucks. Absolutely sucks. sucks. Do the right thing. They are a thief of joy. Figure this thing out. And I swear to God, the Dodgers better win tonight. God bless them.
the Dodgers better beat the Nationals. Yeah, I mean, because I'm sick of those fraudulent fans at Nationals Park who came and fill it out for a playoff game. Yeah, that's hilarious to me as well. Thirty thousand people there. Clearly empty seats. Can't fill can't fill the seats for a playoff game. Potentially your last game of the season. Tragic. Scrubs, absolutely terrible. But hey, natitude, natitude, baby. Uh, Phillies, like we said, still have yet to make a decision. But Jim Salisbury did say it's likely coming in the next twenty four to thirty six hours. Yes, yeah, so that way everyone forgets about it. It'll right? probably happen at like three thirty a.m. when nobody's awake, and uh, that'll be that. But Flyers are doing that hockey. Mm-hmm. Puck just dropped a little bit ago, and uh, the the Ooh. new news with this Flyers team as they get set for the second game of the season, though. Wells Fargo Center now has a rage room, Matt. Yeah. How fitting. Yeah. I, I saw Katie Nolan was doing, like, the, uh, I don't like promo for it. <laughs> I didn't watch the full video because I was like, this seems weird. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if that's, like, a gimmick or what. I don't know if that's real. Dave Isaac had a great take on Twitter. And he said they were probably doing the construction and saw a bunch of stuff laying around and was like, hey, I got an idea. Let's put all this in a room. And when the Flyers lose in December and January, because it is optimistic October right now, yeah, they people can go and smash stuff. But I'm not going to partake in that when I go down to the Wells Fargo Center because Flyers, you're killing me. They're never going to lose. That, and they're charging $35 to use the rage room. Thirty-five dollars uh, to get, smash some things. Do it like okay. That seems. <laughs> I saw. So I saw in the promo there was like some. There was a guitar. I think guitar. There was like uh, a TV. Vases. A TV. Um, let me see if I can. Like, how much time do you get for thirty-five dollars? That's what I'm saying. Like, like, is this like a uh, like a money machine at the arcade thing? You got like fifteen seconds. Like, what is? What's going on here? Like this. This seems. Uh, it's all the rage. Seems a little, um, little we got off. A, we to got me. a TV in here. It looks like some glass vases, a mirror, computer monitors. Just going ham, using a hockey stick to smash some things. But I'm not paying thirty five dollars to use a rage room. I'm sorry. It's yeah, not, that's a little five bucks. That's a count little me money. in. Maybe I'll get some aggression. I, I think it's got to be a little more than five, just because you are breaking stuff. You know, like that's fair. Can't can't be reused. It defeats the whole purpose of the room. You know. Um, I like 15. 15, I'd get, 15 maybe that, that 20. Might be my max. 15 to 20. Like but 35. Okay, so I have so many logistic questions. Like, because the, the room has to be cleaned at least somewhat afterwards, right? Like, yeah. So, like, how long is the line going to be? That's what I'm curious about. I have, uh, this just, I got, I got a lot. I got a lot of questions. You're going to have to deep dive. We'll get back yeah. to you on Saturday uh, with that one. But the rage room is here. The, the sports book rooms look fantastic. They revealed those, and we we got to try to find a way to hook up with somebody from a world-class facility now, man. Um, my dad says, I would destroy the room itself for $35. Yeah, 35 Like, that's that's a ticket. Yeah. yeah like, that's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a meal yeah, at like, Wells Fargo Center. Yeah, honestly. Um, but the, the sports book room. Well, you got to get the, the, the Lorenzo's Pizza on the second floor, because that is the... Best money for value food item, I think, at any Philly sports complex. 
is a absolute monster slice. I don't remember the price. I think it's only like eight bucks. It's it's really not that much, and it's it's as good as two slices of pizza, can, and it's you, actually good pizza. You can get quality food at Wells Fargo Center yeah. for a no, decent price. Yeah, like there's Lorenzo's there's, Shake Shack is not bad. Shake, I had uh, Shake Shack at Citizens Bank. I mm-hmm. haven't had it at Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo, you can get a bur- a, a double burger, fries, and a drink at Shake Shack for seventeen bucks. It's not terrible. The only thing I'll say about Shake Shack, admittedly, the Citizens Bank one is uh, it's very cramped when you're waiting mm-hmm. for your order, and that can that can be a little, a little, that can be a little uncomfy. Annoying, but it's worth it. I had yeah. That was a Shake Shack burger. is unreal. Please sponsor the podcast if you yeah. want. We will. We will gladly. I wish I could be like uh, Jimmy Rollins and just talk about Shake Shack and get one delivered to my booth. <laughs> Call me John Crook. Yeah. Um, but the sports books look incredible. We need to get in contact with somebody from Wells Fargo. If you're listening, we'll probably tag you in a tweet here. I'd love to do a podcast from the sports book at Wells Fargo Center. The setup looks great. Be able to have some fun doing some some bets on the podcast. Sugar House, Wells Fargo Center. Come talk to us. We'll, we'll we'll have some fun this season if if you so, uh, if you are in. So Simmons, we're not watching the game live. Just following what I see on Twitter. Simmons apparently got a got a standing ovation, got a cheer, well done. and he got the booze, which he also wanted. What he he asked for it. Yeah, so good for him. Well done. It still looks really weird seeing Wayne Simmons in a Devils you know uniform and Devils gear. Uh, what's your favorite Wayne Simmons memory? There's so many. I think I don't know if it's one specific one. I think it was just uh one I loved his goal celebration. He gets like the one leg up, he gets the big wind up with the other arm, and it every time it looks like he's gonna throw himself off balance. Um and then he, he doesn't. I think my favorite moment is maybe not necessarily something Wayne did. It was a story about Wayne Simmons. And I'm blanking on like who the, the player was that was talking about him. It wasn't a flyer. It was like an mm-hmm. opposition team and was saying, um, yeah, I always tell the guys in the locker room, don't fight Wayne. Like he looks skinny, <laughs> but he will he'll beat the hell out of you. And that I think uh, embodies Wayne Simmons kind of spirit more than anything. It's like yeah, he looks wiry. But uh, he'll kill you. <laughs> so, so just don't do it. <laughs> yeah, he. Um, I don't think anyone's really. There's there's not been many flyers that have been talented, but also again really embodied. I think what people want in like their flyers teams and like kind of the Broad Street Bullies moniker than mm-hmm. than Wayne Simmons. Like he just he got it, and I think uh, fans gravitated towards him a lot and. Yeah, it's a bummer not having him on the team anymore. But you know what? Greener pastures for him. Hopefully. We love you, Simmer. Um, you know, hopefully Flyers get a dub tonight, though. And uh, shout out to the Flyers faithful that went down to the Wells Fargo Center today to uh, go see Simmer. But funny, uh, funny ending of the podcast tweet from uh, one Josh Richardson today. Quote. Yo, I just turned my heat on in my car for the first time in five years. This is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I you love know, Josh Richardson. Honestly, though, yeah, same. Not five years, but it's been a while. I had to crank the heat this morning. It was chilly, for sure. I am slowly but yeah. surely falling as a a big Josh Richardson supporter. Yeah, he's funny. I um, he's funny. He's rocking the yeah. I guess kicks. so because he was in. Yeah, he lived in Miami. Miami. And I guess on road trips, you know, like they probably either have like team transportation or you know, like Uber stuff, that kind of thing. Um, 
So yeah, I guess so. He's never really, it's never really been a thing. Florida boy, especially Miami. That's yeah. like never. Some parts of Florida still get kind of cold, you know, uh, in the winter. But yeah, Miami, I don't think that's ever like below like no. 50 even. Shout must be Josh some Richardson. life they've never had. Wait till January, man, when it's 18 degrees. Absolute Arctic he's, tundra he's out there. He's going to die. Yeah. Uh, I do worry. I do worry about him now, actually. That's a little frightening. <laughs> Big ups to our, our guy, friend of the podcast, Mike Scott, though, that, that dunk that we talked about earlier. So uh, doing that in front of the hive and everything. But Josh Richardson, if, if you want to come on the podcast this season, you're more than welcome. There is a spot open for you to come on the show. But I think that's going to do it for us tonight. Uh, as always, make sure you're following us on Twitter at UndergroundPHI. Got a lot of insane content coming for you guys. If you haven't listened to any of the shows recently or you're a new follower, our lacrosse podcast is moving to its own feed starting this week it will be its own individual feed it'll be up on all the platforms and everything as soon as we can get it up but starting with this week's episode with curtis dixon from the calgary roughnecks and uh chaos lacrosse club as our guest of the week that'll be on its own feed gonna open up some fun flexibility on the main feed as well so you won't lose as many shows and not a ton of content coming at you and you'll lose a bunch of stuff so Make sure you're following us on Twitter at UndergroundPHI for all that fun Twitter content. And uh, make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews with your favorite Wayne Simmons story or memory or anything Wayne Simmons related. We want to know it all. Uh, and if you don't have an iPhone, you can follow us on Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher. And Matt, now everybody can stream us and follow us. And pump the hell out of the ratings on iHeartRadio. Hell yeah. We are on iHeartRadio, ladies and gentlemen. It's been a long time coming, but we are there. So uh, stream the hell out of us on iHeartRadio. Get us on their top 100 chart, which would be absolutely bonkers. And who knows? You know, If you stream us enough and we get recognized enough, we'll be at the iHeartRadio Podcast Awards. We'll have a, an award right on our table. I always hear those advertised on Radio 104.5. Get us there. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to uh, our friends Jam and Jesse and Cole Selleck. Cole Selleck just got married this weekend. Our guy. Shout nice. out to him. Um, technically, we're like co-workers now. Yeah, we're on iHeartRadio. Yeah. They're all, all one big family and umbrella. So uh, stream the hell out of us on iHeartRadio so that everybody finds us, knows that we're on there. And uh, all that good stuff. And also, shout out to our boys from the Arkells going on a mini American tour. And then hitting Canada as well. If you're in any of their cities that they're hitting, go see them. They are well worth the price of admission. They put on a hell of a show. And uh, they do all our intro and outro music for us. So shout out to the homies there as they get set for their uh, American tour with Coin. And uh, we will catch you guys on Saturday from the Press Box of Gatone Stadium for Vineland High School football's homecoming game against St. Joe's Hamilton. Should be a doozy of a game. Looking forward to it. And uh, we'll hopefully be able to go live. The Wi-Fi there has been upgraded. They did a bunch of uh, off-season upgrades. I know we were there last year, and the, the video couldn't stay live, but hopefully it will be. And if it's not, maybe we'll go live on Twitter or something and uh, figure something out. But we will be live from Gatone Stadium on Saturday afternoon for episode number 175 and as always show brought to you by main auto llc ducharms pro foot security 21 wainwright bernhardt funeral home paul j gillespie incorporated 
Bob Novick Automall, Mark Ronchetti, CPA, LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Island. Shout out to you guys for uh, making my smile look the way it does. We will catch you guys, like I said, Saturday afternoon from Gatone Stadium in Vineland. And until then, he's Matt. I'm Kyle. This has been Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 174. We are signing off. Peace.